From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you in to Teal the Podcast post-Super Bowl edition, and we come to you from Coach Brunel's office here. That's right. Here we are at the Episcopal School of Jacksonville, watching the uh, student-athletes lift weights right now. Beautiful morning, great facility, great school. <laughs> this plug brought to you by the Episcopal School of Jacksonville Athletic Director Andy Kidd. Really hope also our, our uh, esteemed head of school, Adam Green, is listening. Adam should right hear now. this. Uh, by the way, <laughs> so if you hear music in the background, this is not us being edgy. It's it's the, the, the music being played for the workouts for the Because when you work out, you have to have music. Apparently. Apparently, yes. So... On that point, yes, that sounds like you are a grumpy old man who didn't need music to work out. You've said before you didn't need music to prepare for games. You didn't use. You like music. We've talked a lot about love music. You know, uh, your some of your favorite musical acts, but I don't either. Like, I, <laughs> I am I weird that I listen to a podcast when I go for a four mile run? Is that odd? That does. Uh, that doesn't make you odd or weird. Um, he's an things, old man. Other things make you odd and weird, <laughs> okay. but but not that all right. at all. All right, I just, so, I, I, it, it is it is the go to question when you when you're doing a um, an interview with you know one on one kind of interview. Uh, it's like one of those default questions. Oh, I don't have anything else to ask, and you ask him about what kind of music do you listen to to get you fired <laughs> up, right? It's we've all asked it hundreds of times, and whatever it is, and. Um, and I'm like you. I'm like, I don't really think there's. It just kind of. I don't mind if music's playing, but I don't have the uh, any music in, you know going around with it. You don't have your fire up playlist. I don't have my fire up playlist, and because when you go in there, you're working out, and I'm all you know. I I don't want to be that guy that has to switch songs, and you know, okay, now 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 for this, I got to put this music. It just yeah. gets in the way. Like, yeah. Let me get my workout in. Get out of there. And I, Does that make sense? Yes, and when I work out, which is, you know, it comes in waves, mostly goes in waves, but comes in waves when I'm, you know, working out with weights. Um, I'm grunting and crying so hard <laughs> that I can't hear the music. So, <laughs> right. That kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, you have had quite a busy, let's call it last two and a half weeks or so. Very busy. Um, let's see, this would have been, I guess, maybe three weekends ago. Uh, I was down at the East-West Shrine game. Served as a captain slash coach. And, Got mic'd uh, up on the broadcast, which was fun. We pulled some of those comments that they played. Okay, yeah. And uh, that was actually a lot of fun because uh, I got to... Well, first let me go back. This, this is uh, uh, one of the top all-star games for, for uh, NFL prospects. Now, it's not the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the second tier of yeah. college athletes. A lot of third-round pick hopefuls in there. Perfect way to put it. Yeah. yeah, these guys aren't, you know, I don't know how many of those guys would go to the senior bowl or get invited to the combine. Some, but it's an opportunity for them to, uh, to have a good week of practice and have a good game, increase their stock, increase their value. What was fun is that it was it was a number of coaches that are coaching in the NFL, but they're they're quality control guys. Mm-hmm. They're, for example, like a offensive line assistant, 
um, our offensive coordinator was a uh, uh, the tight ends coach for this. So it's not your it's not your position coaches as much as it is those guys that eventually want to be a position coach. They're the are, third are, round pick of coaches right now. Exactly, they're of, moving their way yeah. up, and it's a great opportunity for them. The head coach. Uh, was Adam Zimmer, Mike mm-hmm. Zimmer's son, who was the linebackers coach for the Minnesota Vikings, mm-hmm. and we were together in, in uh, New Orleans. And so it was great just to connect with these guys. Uh, you, it's not a heavy schedule. You know, you practice, you have some meetings, uh, you're watching tape at night. So it was fun kind of be back in that environment, mm-hmm. breaking down tape and watching practice film. And, and uh, um, it was fun. I had, a, I had a great time. After that, I went to the Pro Bowl. Um, that was fun. And then, uh, of course, uh, up in uh, up in Atlanta for the Super Bowl for about four or five days. Before we get to the Super Bowl, uh, there were some quarterback prospects there uh, at the Senior Bowl who have had some conversation around them. Uh, who stood out to you among the quarterbacks? Uh, Brett Rippin stood oh, out. That's Mark Rippin's nephew. Nephew who plays at Boy or played at Boise that's State. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, he was real sharp. Easton Stick uh, was there, uh, North Dakota State kid. Um, both guys had good games, and uh, so there were there were some guys that. Uh, and listen, you know as well as I do. Sometimes those third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounders, <laughs> one sixth rounder, one anyway. in particular <laughs> that goes on to be the greatest quarterback ever. So um, it was good for them. And uh, there's some there's some future um, longtime NFL players. It happens every year. Those middle round guys make a career out of it. I have said for as many years as I can remember that if you don't have your quarterback, you should draft a guy every year just in case you stumble across Tom Brady or whomever else you want to put in there as a, you know, even if it's a guy who has David Garrard's career as a fourth round pick, if you find that guy, um, go ahead and and throw one out there on on it. Until you know you've got your guy, just pick one. Doesn't have to be first round. I agree. Are these guys, some guys who you would say, all right, they'll be in consideration? Absolutely, and they should be consideration. I completely agree with you. Draft one every year because you just don't know if you're going to find uh, a Tom Brady. You could. Now, when I was playing, um, for the bulk of my career, most teams kept three quarterbacks on the roster, active guys. And uh, that there has been a shift where guys keep really two because... And then usually one on the practice squad as a young guy. And usually one on the practice squad. But if you find a kid, let's say you get him in the fourth or fifth round, and you see something, throw him on the practice squad. You know, throw him on the practice uh, squad. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is if he shows anything in training camp, anything in those preseason games. Guess what? If he's on the practice squad, he can get he can get nabbed by any other team, and and uh, brought onto an active roster. So, if you put someone on the practice ro- ro- uh, roster, excuse me, it's harder to keep them. Um, but in this day and age, you really don't keep three. Some teams do, but you don't really keep three on your active roster. And remember with the act with the practice squad, if another team offers, you've got the right to activate him to the to the active yes. roster. Yeah. So you, you, you have a level of protection. You can hold on to him. Tanner Lee was uh, a seventh round draft pick by the Jaguars last year. Didn't show much in camp. They kept mm-hmm. him on the practice squad. He was active for the last game of the season. Still to be determined if he's got anything that's going to be contributing for the Jaguars. Right. He's but, a big kid, strong arm. Yeah. Who knows? So who knows? Let's see. Yep. And even if you're drafting to get your backup, and you know, seventh round pick is not going to cripple your salary cap. For and you. I and I think also to add to that, I know we want to move on, but you know, it takes two or three years many times to figure out if these guys can play. It and uh, and so 
you know, the, the effort to hold on to him, I, I think it's important because everybody needs a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these guys, it, you know, it, it takes a little while for them to get acclimated, for them to get comfortable, understand a system, get used to the speed of the game. And pretty soon, maybe after a couple of years, you might have something. And if you hold on to them, if nothing else, if you have a starter, it's a great, great uh, trade opportunity. That's what happened with me and Green Bay. I was there for two years, mm -hmm. showed a little bit, not much. And uh, Jacksonville came along, and, and then uh, I was given an opportunity. Yeah, and of course, New England's done that quite a bit with uh, Matt Castle and Ryan yep. Mallett and some of these other guys, some who haven't really worked. It's amazing. Guys look really good playing in New England system in their culture. <laughs> they go somewhere else. A lot of times, not so good. We'll get, we'll get to the Super Bowl here in a second. One of the other things that was occupying your time uh, here in the last couple of weeks uh, was Super Bowl week. Yes. And part of that was with Tony Baselli's Hall of Fame candidacy. What was the what was what did you do in Atlanta leading up to that? Because you were up there for quite a few days. Well, I, I go to the Super Bowl because I serve as the uh, south one of the southeast coordinators for the Legends community. Um, it is our NFL alumni group. It was started five years ago out of the league office, and really our purpose is to connect former players with current resources and opportunities that the league currently provides for for guys that whether they played in the '60s, '70s, '80s, you know, guys, there's there's 20,000 former NFL players currently alive right now mm. that live across the across the country. And that could be somebody who played a game or yes. 15 years. Yeah, some, some guys uh, didn't stick around long. Most guys don't. Um, but our job is at the Super Bowl, we invite all those guys. We have uh, different events and venues where they can come and, and see former teammates, guys they played with, guys they played against. It's a safe environment. We call it the Legends Lounge. We rent out a huge ballroom and just say, hey, come on, eat for free, drink for free, um, hang out. There are no reporters, nobody trying to get your autograph. Just come. If you're coming to the Super Bowl, come hang out with us. It's, it's wide open. Uh, you are our guests and just have a good time. And in those moments, you try to connect with guys. Hey, how are you doing? What's going on? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Is there anything you need? You know, my... Gosh, I need a new hip. Well, you know, the NFL provides... <laughs> Wait, I got one right here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, the NFL provides... We have a joint replacement program mm -hmm. where, guess what? You can get a hip and you don't got to pay for it. But there's so many guys out there that really don't know that. Yeah. They don't know about all the programs and different things if guys are struggling. So um, it's medical stuff, financial... Kind of stuff. yes. Sort of uh, career guidance. Career guidance. And, and yeah. in fact, I just I was just reading something, and, and uh, there's a NFL puts on a coach's academy that I attended probably, gosh, five or six years ago um, before I took this job at Episcopal. And it was great for me. You know, they talk about coaching at the high school level and the college level, um, the professional level. Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera spoke at that. And it was so good for guys that were just, hey, I'm thinking about getting into coaching. Well, you know, you can go to this coach's academy again for free and spend three days there and just kind of get to know and learn and network and, and see if coaching is a possibility for I you. I think the league has done a very good job of that, a much better job over the last eight to ten years Agreed. in addressing some of the recurring issues that post-career players have. Right. Uh, and some of that is, you know, from pressure from outside, but also there's some things they've done, I think, enterprising you know, from the inside out, um, there, there, there probably aren't a lot of things now where people say, well, the NFL makes all this money, why don't they do this? They may not do it to the level that somebody wants or right. the whatever, but 
There are a lot of those kind of programs for uh, for former players. There which are a lot. Is, it's, and, it's, and it's needed because, again, as you mentioned, guys, nobody plays this game forever. So right. it's uh, whether you were in a, for a year or 15, whatever, there are some needs you're going to have for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. Quick word on the Super Bowl. Not going to linger too long. Um, did you stay in Atlanta for the game? No, I, I actually, I've been to the last four Super Bowls. This year, um, this year I decided not to, and it's not because I didn't want to go to the game. I, honestly, I did not want to have, I did not want to have to fight the Atlanta airport mm-hmm. the next Monday. It was a mess too. It was, I mean, I get it, I get a ticket, I can go, um, but I thought, you know, and it wasn't because I thought, you know, whatever team would be, and I actually kind of, early on in the season, because they, they ask you very early on, the NFL says, hey, are you interested in the Super Bowl? And when they asked at that time, Jaguars were doing all right. And I thought, golly, you know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to stay this year. But if the Jaguars are in it, and I have already decided mm-hmm. to not go to the game, it's not like I can call and say, "Hey, can I get that ticket back?" Hey, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to ruin the perception of anything here. Um, we'd have gotten you a credential if the Jaguars are in, so you would have been there from that standpoint. <laughs> okay, good, good. Boy, <laughs> being in the media, media, being in the media has its perks, man. Yeah. <laughs> Get that press pass. You can go anywhere you want. Well, it's, I mean, listen, it's not well, an all-access, but they do feed you, so that's always good. That's good. Um, people have said it's a boring Super Bowl, and I agree from this standpoint. I don't mind a defensive battle, but there weren't a lot of memorable big plays. It was right. just, it's there was there was some very good defensive coaching going on on both sides. Both defensive coordinators beat up the offensive coordinators on the other side. Yep. And the difference in the game was that with seven minutes to go or so in the game, in the fourth quarter, the Tom Brady light went on. Yep. And Tom made a couple of throws, including that one to Gronk that made the difference. Um, and then the defensive coordinators went back to, to, to winning the game. And right. uh, not a lot of not a lot of uh, juice there. And if I, I couldn't help but think, if the other two teams from the conference championship games had made it, Instead of thirteen to three, Chiefs and Saints might have been fifty-five fifty. It yes. could have been a completely different kind of game. Exactly. I would have been interested in a uh, in a Rams Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I would have been interested in a, uh, a Patriots Saints. That would have been that w- that would have been great. And I think a lot of people they say it's boring. It, what's interesting is that I think that's the biggest margin of victory that the, that it is. the Patriots have Ten. had. Yeah. And that's and it was brilliant coaching. Not a lot. A lot of great play. And I think a lot of people just are, are suffering from Patriot fatigue. Yeah. You know, just like, golly, can we get someone else in there? You know, and, and uh, I think that would explain the, the lack of viewership. I saw something where not a lot of people tuned in compared well, to previous not, years. Not a lot of people for the most watched television event of the year. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's still, still number one. Millions and millions. But, yeah, unless but, we uh, land on Mars tomorrow. You know, it actually, it wasn't a high-scoring game, but it was... It was a good football game. If you're a football fan, yeah. close games are cool. Yeah, it's 3-3. Listen, forget 3-3. It was tied in the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Then that. So, again, the last seven and a half minutes or so, I really enjoyed. The rest of it, I'm not a saying... Of, a lot of punts. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, no offense to you, all you punters out there listening to this podcast, but... <laughs> we don't want you to play in the Super Bowl. We don't want to see that. And the, and the, the highlight from a punt standpoint uh, was... was a bad punt that got a great roll and became the Super Bowl record for longest punt. So, so 62 yards yeah. or something like that. All right, one Good more. For him. Before we get on to Nick Foles, one more thing on the Super Bowl. So you watched it on television. I did. I made it home in time to watch the whole game. Best Super Bowl commercial? It would be the NFL one. 
Yeah, that's one of my top three. If that class, if that's yeah. in the uh, commercial category, um, I really like that one. I I tell you what, super. Some are better than others, obviously. Can somebody please explain to me the Burger King one? With Andy Warhol. With Andy Warhol. What was that? I know. I mean, I'm never going to Burger King again. I'm done. <laughs> not that I've, I don't think I've been there in 25 years, but I'm not even going there for a breakfast sandwich anymore. What was that? It, apparently, Explain Andy, it to me. Uh, I'm not artsy enough, I guess. What well, is that? Apparently, Andy Warhol was filmed eating a Burger King burger and a McDonald's burger at one point. Okay. And I'm not sure if it was for an art project or... You know, it was Andy Warhol. There doesn't have to be something that makes sense to normal humans, but that was that was that it, that, that was odd. Like I, I really enjoyed the Game of Thrones. Uh, yes, that was Bud good. Night one. I really one. enjoyed the Harrison Ford dog that Alexa. Was good. Uh, that, I like that. But and, I mean, Harrison Ford having an argument with his dog for any uh, <laughs> that's all that's you can't can beat that. Gosh, one of his finest moments yeah. on TV, and he's had good ones. That was awesome. So so there were a few, but. Kind of a dis. If if, if, yeah. you, if you look at it as a, as a night of entertainment, yeah, it's kind of a bleh, kind of it's night like of entertainment. It's the Super Bowl, you're uh, they're all supposed to be good. Yeah. What'd you think of the halftime show? Oh, I, I, listen, Maroon I, Five, great songs. I like listening to the songs, and uh, something I, was, was so just, off. It just was just weird. It's like, dude, you're a great entertainer. You can sing. You're popular right now. Just keep the shirt on, man. Like, it was it, off before the like, shirt came off, though. He couldn't wait to get that thing off. It's like, dude, really? Yeah. Like, I, okay, you're tatted up. Wonderful, but I, I don't know. I thought the wardrobe whole, malfunction. I, by the way, I was at, I was at that game too in Houston. <laughs> that was so. But the, the there was something just off in that the whole the whole way through. Um, didn't really engage with the with the. The gospel choir that was there, uh, and they were belting it out. But he didn't quite get there with them. Yeah, um, it was, the, it was... the you know, I don't know the, the, the whole thing. First of all, Super Bowl halftime shows are a pretty remarkable uh, production. Yeah, the setup, the break, pull off, get it off. They bring it. So when the Super Bowl was here, no, the Super it was in Tampa. Um, the year that uh, it was Giants and Ravens, the year the Ravens had the great defense. Okay, um, I had a very bad seat from the media standpoint. I was in media auxiliary D, which <laughs> three blocks away, which was in the stadium. <laughs> oh, you got in the stadium, all right, but not in view of the field. <laughs> of course, I was I was underneath. <laughs> what is that? I was underneath in like uh, you know a storage garage. Where there was, you know, bags of fertilizer over here, and they had, there were about a hundred media members, maybe two hundred, in down in there. You know, we weren't because I, I was there on a radio pass, uh, working for a radio station at the time. So they apparently think that because you don't see anything on radio, radio people don't need to see anything. <laughs> so we were down, there. and there was some, there were some guys like some ESPN radio guys down there. There's a lot of radio guys down there. And right in the in the in the room right next to us, kind of cordoned off by, uh, you know, a pipe and drape kind of setup. About five minutes left in halftime, in the second quarter, you start to hear a, a, a buzz, and I kind of go over. I kind of pull the curtain aside, and I see all these teenagers being gathered around. Well, these are the people who are going to be on the field cheer, and it was very clear these are. 
kids who like to perform, right. whether they're musicians themselves or cheerleaders or hams, whatever it might be, and they run them all out there. Uh, I can't remember who performed at halftime for that one. I'm sure somebody out there can Google it. And then, and I'm watching, and there's TV monitors down there, so you're watching. And they, as soon as it's over, it's like a, it's like a buffalo stampede coming back in. <laughs> and the ground shaking. And they're all amped up because they've just been out there jumping around for seven minutes or whatever they've done. Get on TV, uh, get on TV. Yeah, and so it was, it, it's interesting to see how that all plays out in terms of the, yeah, it's a production. the way they do that. Mark, good to have you back in town. Good to be back. Uh, if you would like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. And as always, you can find Teal the Podcast on newsforjacks.com. For Mark Brunel, I'm Cole Pemper. Thanks so much for listening to Teal the Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.